Hello, Rob. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the 10-Minute Design Chat. Thanks, mate. Let's talk about designing IP games. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined for a second time by the magnificent Amaria Keel. If you missed our episode on music-themed games, be sure to go back and have a listen to it. Welcome back, Amari. Hey, good to be back. So for those listeners who haven't heard the previous episode, give us kind of three top Amari facts about you. <laughs> three top Amari facts. I do some board game rap sometimes. I one time almost uh, got... Or I got growled at by, like, a wild lion this one day uh, in Kenya, which was super scary, but fun. And I'm going to start a podcast one day, too. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I'm, what it's about, but it's not about games. Ooh. Oh. So now I'm just teasing. Got it here first. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that was brilliant. I did not expect that second fact. You smashed it there. So thank you very much. <laughs> so I believe that Rob, similar to last time, has got a uh, an alien test for us today. So Rob, go ahead, lay it down. I do. And, you know, it's a little bit less musical this time, but don't worry, it's just as much fun. Um, so we're talking about IP games today. Now, what are IP games? Now, I'm going to give a real pig English uh, interpretation of what they are, but they're basically intellectual property. So it's something that's already owned by any creator or a group of people or an organization that is um, something that's licensed. So you can't just, I can't just go and start making a Mickey Mouse board game right now. You know, I need to necessarily check that with them. I can't necessarily go make a Star Wars game. I can make an offshoot, but that's kind of what we're talking about here today and how you go through that process. So with that in mind, I've got a question for both of you. We'll start off with Chris, just so we can get the, uh, the scale on that. So if you could create Imagine this, the board game of your dreams, a licensed board game. So you can use any IP in the world. What would that IP be and why? So I already know the answer to this question because I've thought about it before. So probably my favourite band in the whole world is a band called Coheed and Cambria. And they are a metal band, and the frontman has the best hair of any person that's ever existed on earth. So please go and look up Claudio Sanchez. He is uh, amazing. Um, and their albums, a lot of them are concept albums, based around something called the Amory Wars. And it's a graphic novel set around characters that live in a universe with a keywork, which is a chain of planets that are held together by a mystical energy. And it's all sci-fi and there's like battles and there's amazing characters and there's boxing matches and there's murder and intrigue and things blowing up. Um, and basically, if I could ever do it, I would do an Amory Wars board game because I think it is just it is just waiting for it. It sounds like there's a lot of good board game fodder in that. Wow. There's characters already, there's story. Oh man, it's just dripping with theme. Dripping, I tell Absolutely you. Absolutely dripping with theme. That's what you want to have a good IP. Uh, Omari, any board game in the world, right? Any IP you want, what would it be and why? I mean, I sort of also have thought about this one too. Uh, I haven't started designing it yet, but what I, what I really want to do is a city building game. Um, that's Wakanda where you are in that world and I think, you know, trying to, that civilization being sort of isolated, I think provides so much opportunity to create interesting mechanics where you are sort of 
competitively sort of like trying to create better technology but also cooperatively trying to make sure that the city is still safe and and secret and so it, it has a little bit of both elements um but still basically just be a city builder like i don't want to the the heroes and any anything like that would be very secondary um but that's that's the game that i i would love 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 to make that is an awesome choice and and to be honest that as a game concept already sounds brilliant the idea of i love those competitive games where there is something that you actually like can't be too greedy because if you do everybody loses or everybody gets punished those are really really good and i think that actually that's a really good point of why we want to talk about ip games and designing those because you know the fact that i asked that question um and you both already know i feel like a lot of designers will get a lot of their inspiration from intellectual properties and and like so it's really useful to know like how we can get into that so amari you know you've worked on two licensed games so far which is uh infinitely more than both me and Chris so far <laughs> and um, uh, one for the Fresh Prince Bella and one for Home Alone how did those how did the opportunities kind of come about for you like what was the sort of the sort of point of going from I'm not making these games to suddenly now I've produced these games like what, what was the process there yeah um, I mean it, it we, we got lucky tremendously with this one because um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince uh, that was the one we got first and that came through Wiz Kids. Um, they they acquire licenses, so that's that's kind of a part of the the industry standard. Is you're going out and seeing what's available, and so they had this license, and then their their interest is to find designers that are good fits for certain licenses, whether it's theme or just like mechanically what they're looking for. Um, and so they reached out to me and my brother because um, we had rap gods. Obviously, we're, we're into music games and said, do you have a game that that might fit this particular license? So then we had to kind of like throw some ideas out there and figure out if we had current designs or if we had a new idea, what we could do with that. Um, and that was kind of our pitch to them. And we had a game already that was basically designed and done that sort of fit. Um, so it actually worked out really well. Um, yeah. Fantastic. And I think sometimes there, you know, with these kind of things, there is, there's a degree of being prepared, but also that kind of being in the right place. And those two things together are important. But actually, I remember a quote that's, you know, something like the harder I work, the luckier I get. And actually putting that groundwork in to begin with and having that as a kind of baseline, I guess, having a, uh, a pool of designs to draw upon when you are presented with the opportunity is really important to have, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think the key, like when, when an opportunity like that comes about, like you just have to know working with licenses are a very specific thing. And so the rules are always a little bit different around who can, who can see the game while you're working on it. And, you know, NDAs are normally involved. There's just a lot more involved in the, in the process that, that you just have to think about, which is kind of fun, but also a little taxing sometimes. 
Definitely, we were. That's a perfect uh, segue into what we're going to ask anyway, which is sort of how does working on IP games compare to on your own titles? So, is it sort of more structured, more constrained, easier, harder? What's your kind of feeling having done a couple now? Yeah, I mean, the parts of it are easier. You know, you have an established world, you have an established uh, characters, concepts all already baked in. Um, so, like for Home Alone, for instance, right? Like. It was just about the first movie, so that's a very limited scope. Um, in terms of gameplay, what is that game going to look like? I mean, 90% of it is going to be movie content, right? So you you don't have to imagine everything, which is sort of nice. Uh, but then the restrictions are, from a design perspective and from a storytelling perspective, you got to stay within the bounds of, of what is there, what is created, um and then you get into the if you like more detailed into the weeds you know for instance on home alone i think uh the the license specifically included like some of the characters and some of the images from the movie but not everything so then you also have have to kind of understand are there things that i'm putting in the game that they'll have to get creative about depicting or showing it's like um or there's there's a bunch of other licenses that I've looked at using too, and there's just rules around how you can use them. Characters from this part of the license can't interact with characters from this other part of the license in certain ways. Like there's just a lot of that, and you have to be able to work around it within the gameplay, uh, which sometimes is easy and sometimes isn't. So would you say that the sort of um, the creative license that you get as a designer when working on these IP games, and I'm sure it varies based off of that IP, um, would you say that that's specifically in the sort of in the gameplay is where you get to flex that the most? Because I imagine things like assets, for example, like the, the look of it is actually potentially more drawn off of the assets of the movies or, or, or of, the, of the of the IP itself. Do you find that the place where you get to have the most creative freedoms in the, in the game design or, or is there sort of a bit of leeway elsewhere? There's definitely leeway elsewhere. So um, I've, I've basically, you know, been able to, yes, flex those muscles in game design quite a bit, but you, you get some freedom in the card content as well, or like the game content. So what actually goes on the cards? So in the Home Alone game, I sort of haphazardly, but I thought it was fun. I, I put like automatopoeia for each of the cards. So like when the, the paint can trap that hits you in the head, I put like thunk, you know, and, and they added that onto the cards. I was just doing it kind of for fun, um, just to have extra, you know, f to fill up the cards with, with pretty words, but they actually used it. Which is which is nice, isn't it? And I think knowing that there are there are rules, but also sometimes there are areas of flexibility is is nice to know and to know it's not all just you must do this or yeah. you must not do that, which is great. Yeah, but but like the 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 project itself, you know, I basically submit just the game design, the rules, and a spreadsheet with all the content of the components, and that's it. Everything else, they they have basically just done on their own for for the the. Um, specifically for the games that I've done, but I think they are also flexible in, in other places. 
how deep do you go into the research? So were you sitting there like home alone, it's on it's on repeat, and I'm adding in all these little Easter eggs that even the most diehard fans are gonna struggle to find. How how do you find that balance of it like taking over your design life? What is very often the case with IP games is you're on a very specific schedule. So when working with licensors, like they don't have unlimited amounts of time. So generally that research is gonna be heavily dictated by like what that timeline is. Um, for, for Home Alone, we had a pretty short one. So I, I did as much as I could in a short period of time. I watched the movie a few times, literally writing notes about every little thing I could put in the game because it I actually I didn't realize it but the the part of the game where or, or the part of the movie where uh the traps are being laid and the burglars are actually there is actually quite short in compared to all of the other scenes like they go back to it they'll do a scene with the family and the other like it, it was it was shorter than I thought so I didn't have as much as I thought I might have so it was a little bit of a stretch but we eventually got there. It's kind of interesting, though, because that's probably the one of the more memorable ones. So, like, the fact that you thought it was shorter than you thought was probably because it stuck in your head more than some of the other parts. And actually, it's like, well, like, yeah, it might be worth, like, definitely stuck in my head more. So. <laughs> yeah, I had to kind of invent traps that were sort of there, but not there. Hinted at traps. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, so just to sort of close this out, people love, you know, when they've got a series or something or like a movie, they absolutely love it. And it can be a really good inspiration for like designing games. And I've seen a lot of people design games for one of their favorite things like Star Wars or, 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 or uh, Harry Potter um, and maybe be met with some, uh, uh, some, some legal issues later. Do you think it's better to try and make the game first and then approach for a license or to try and get the license first and then make the game <laughs> wow there there's such a strange sweet spot in there somewhere um you know for me like i at this point like i'm a game designer professionally and this is like the main thing that i do uh, what that unfortunately means is like i can't sink too too much time into a design specifically around an ip not knowing if i'm actually going to be able to land it or not um but i can come up with a really strong concept i can come up with something like just something that is playable it, and and gets the very key core elements of how you're connecting that ip to the game and if you can just do enough design to show off, you know, those those brilliant pieces of the the, the concept, uh, I think that'll go a long way. Um, but you definitely shouldn't have a finished game um, that just will lead to a lot of pain and disappointment, probably. Um, if, if you got it, I'm sure a licensor would be thrilled that the game was basically done. But then you also risk them wanting significant changes to something that feels finished or that you put a ton of time into already so you know just avoiding some of those terrible situations by putting too much work in is probably a good idea well thank you very much for joining us amari um where can our listeners learn more about you what's going on in in the world of omari echo 
Me? Um, yeah, so you can find me on all of the social medias. I'm Akilaverse, A-K-I-L-A-V-E-R-S-E, and uh, I, I do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Akilaverse.com, actually, if anybody wants to book me for creating content, I, I forget I do that sometimes, but I'll throw that out there. Uh, or if you're interested in game design, reach out, because I do development and consulting, so... Uh, and I'm all over the place. Just just find me. I, I'm doing cool things, I think. Definitely. As I said in the last podcast, do not dilly-dally. Please just go and follow. You will not regret it. It's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Rob, I'm going to try and do this in the right order this time, so I'm going to let you uh, say goodbye <laughs> to us rather than me. Well, Amari, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I will see you, Chris, at 10minutedesignchallenge.co.uk. Thank you, Amari, and thank you, Rob. Rob, I will see you at boardgamebud.com. This has been a 10-minute design chat on designing IP games. Thank you for listening. And have a think. Which of your favourite IPs would you design if you could?